some heavy hitters in here. What's going on, guys? It's been a while. The last time I think I did a live, I was a single man, and now I'm not. Now look, see that? And I lost about 200 followers, I think, since uh, I got married. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a conspiracy theorist. I don't know if, if those two are related, but um, but maybe. <laughs> How are you guys doing? It's worth it, anyways. So, thank you, thank you. And also, um, I'd like to just say, you know, be. From me and Ashley, obviously, there were so many, diff you know, there was the outpouring of the positive comments from, from like the wedding pictures and the wedding announcement. Um, I could not, you know, it was like it was overwhelming to try to answer all of them. So I'm sorry. So I almost chose to answer like none of them or like just hit a few likes on a few of them. But um, I want to say very, very thankful that you guys appreciative, you know, that you guys were so gracious and, um, Obviously, God has blessed us, and um, I just want to say that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And teaser, guys, um, we're going to we're working on a video right now about the trip to Sedona. If you guys are not familiar with that, that part of Arizona, it's kind of strange. It's strange. It's obviously very beautiful. I mean, like, Sedona is awesome, but it's also like one of the new age capitals of the world or whatever. I mean, there's stuff about... Uh, what is it? Uh, there's different uh, like portal type stuff. There's talking about like the um, the vortexes, and obviously the the peaks look like ancient ruins to me. And there was like a pyramid place there, and the shops there are obviously crazy. I I, I took a few pictures, and obviously I shared them to my stories. There's something significant about Sedona. And if you guys are interested in that video, I'm definitely going to make a video about it. Um, so, so whether you're interested or not, I'm going to make a video about it. So if you can, it, maybe you could look forward to that, maybe not. But um, yeah, it's, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but, but the place is incredible looking. I mean, if you're, if you're an active person like Ashley and myself, we, we enjoyed doing a lot of hiking while we were there. So that's obviously... We hiked up a whole mountain to go to get married on top of it. And it was pretty insane, but I mean, totally worth it. Totally worth it. But that being said, I actually had something on my heart because it was like, it was funny because when I got back, I had a few videos that were kind of like, you know, videos I kind of had in the waiting anyways. I, like I didn't immediately just start making content. A lot of the content was from podcasts I had done, um, stuff from Ancient Angels. And Man, like the, I don't know if it's the, just the algorithm, but obviously I've been getting a lot of pushback and it's like, I feel compelled to defend myself ever so often on here about like the kind of content I make versus the content people think I should make. Now, I know this will sound defensive, but I, but I do think it's worth noting because I call myself JT follows JC. So like if, if I'm doing this for Jesus, I'm going to tell you basically like what I feel my mission is given by the Holy Spirit. And it's it's more of less say, I'm going to tell you this, and if you don't like it, you don't have to watch my stuff. You don't have to like my stuff. You don't have to share it. You don't have to follow me. I hope you do, but I'm going to tell you, I don't do this for the likes. You know, obviously anybody who does anything on social media, I do it because I do want to get a big platform to tell people about Jesus. And that's, and this is how I do it. And so What's interesting to me is the comment I get ever so often, <laughs> this is 
this happens probably once a week, but I, it seemed to, it seemed to be especially much recently. Why don't you tell them about Jesus? Why don't you tell them about the gospel? And it's like, okay, when people tell me that it's kind of like, all right, you, you take one video of mine and obviously the one video you're commenting on, obviously it's not totally say, here's the sinner's prayer. Repeat this after me. Obviously I don't do that anyways, but like, if that's what you want, it's like, you're talking about one video. So I did a movie called Ancient Angels, as I'm sure you guys are all aware of following me. Obviously, Brian and I are trying to promote the movie. Uh-oh, am I losing? Yeah, Brian and I are trying to, to promote the movie. So obviously, I'm using clips from the movie. And obviously, podcasts I go on, I'm talking about things that are in the movie. So if you're not interested in the subject of Ancient Angels, well, sorry, because that is kind of what, um, that's kind of what I do lately. Am I frozen? Oh, no. Is there a conspiracy against not enough 5G towers? That can't be true because they are everywhere now. They're everywhere. It's funny. In Phoenix, they had the 5G towers disguised as palm trees, which is which is weird. But <laughs> it didn't fool me. But I guess it's better than the, the normal hideous view they give. Okay, it's better. Okay, well, okay, what I was saying was that the people, like I said, so I'll just preface this again, that that ever so often I get the comment, why don't you just talk about Jesus to people? And it's like, I do talk a lot about Jesus. And more particularly, I talk about it when I do like live streams and stuff, when I have opportunities to actually give a little nuance. It's kind of like when you make short videos and people say, why didn't you tell them this? And it's like, well, because I was trying to say something very specific. And obviously I was trying to be interesting. And obviously I put a little plug at the end of, Hey, if you want to hear more, I've got a podcast, I've got a movie. And if you watch the movie, we talk about Jesus. I specifically talk about Jesus and obviously what he's done in my life and how he's changed me. Um, but it's kind of like the strange part is we're talking about things that are in the Bible. And then we're talking about things and how they relate to other things. So it's kind of like if Jesus is the spirit of truth, I believe that the truth leads people to Jesus. So like being able to articulate lots of things ends up being able to share a worldview that makes sense to, to Bible believers. You know, so I've had a message because I was a lukewarm Christian. So most of my message is kind of to the lukewarm. And so like, obviously I feel like I've had a calling in a certain kind of way and not everybody has that, you know, like, I was I had a verse pulled up, and of course it's funny I was pulled up on my other phone. But what Paul says in Corinthians is he talks about that we are we are all parts of one body, and when people are talking about like uh, you need to be more like the foot or you need to be like the hands, well I feel like I'm the eyes, you know, like so I'm the eyes and I'm telling people like what's what's good and what's bad a lot of times, and people are just I don't know what they want from me to say like you need to tell them about Jesus. I'm like. I'm trying to tell them the truth and I'm trying to tell things about things that people don't talk about so much, like in the regular church. Right. So like, so if, if you want me to talk about specifically what you want me to talk about, it's like, I always have this, this response. Why don't you do that? You know, like, why don't you do what you're telling me to do? Because I feel led to do what I'm doing. And it is, it's kind of funny where it's like, people see the platform I have, they see how many followers I have on Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff. And they're like, why don't you do this? You've got so many followers. Why don't you do this? And it's like, almost like, like the, I just got the followers and then I was able to talk about whatever I wanted to. 
Or is it likely that I got the followers because God gave me a thing to say, and therefore people found interest in that, and then people started following me because I talked about certain things. And so like me trying to shift courses to what you want me to talk about now seems kind of almost like, are you sure that that's going to be the best way to do it? Because again, I'm like, I'm not one of these people where it's like, I feel like, first of all, we, we don't even, I won't even get into like these, these TV evangelists or like some Billy Graham types where it's like every, every time I talk is going to be like, Hey, do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and savior? I do say that at the end of some of these lives, especially when they get heavy, but like, I know that God, you know, the father draws people to Jesus. So that, so I, my job to me is to plant seeds in people's lives. I hope that I can explain things in a way that makes the world make sense to them. And they understand like, Hey, this guy who's a Christian can talk about lots of things. And he's not just some, he's not just some guy who has blind faith in things. He's like, he, he's thought of these things and he's, and he's able to explain what he believes. I can defend my faith. And that's why I can defend myself right here. And so what I find interesting, and I like to talk about this a little bit, is that that the people who say, you need to tell them about Jesus. And I was like, but here's what Jesus did. Okay, so like, remember what Jesus did and remember why they crucified him. So it says in, in John 7, 7, it says, let me go right up to John 7, 7. It says, the world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. And that's the New Living Translation. So think about it. So if Jesus is the light and he's exposing the darkness, which again, like that's obviously the verse I have on my, my profile, you know, Ephesians 5.11 have nothing to do with unfruitful, unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So if Jesus was, was saying that the works of the world were evil and they hated him for it, well, there you go. It's like, it's kind of confirmation. And it's like, you know, I, gosh, I got to repent for this because I don't, I really don't understand how to get these t-shirts for sale. I've got the t-shirts. Believe it or not, I am tech savvy in certain kinds of ways, but I'm not. But my t-shirts, obviously my t-shirts say, Jesus said there would be haters. And he says, he says this in Matthew 10, 22, the world, the world will hate you for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. So again, so, so they're going to hate you because of me. And they hate me because I say the works of the world are evil. So obviously for him to do that, he's talking about evil at times. You know, he's talking about who he is, but he's also explaining to the world it's evil and then it needs a savior. And I think that that's kind of what I, that's, that, that's what I believe that I do is that I talk about some of the more dark things in order to, you know, sometimes to, to cause a reaction of maybe even fear in order to realize, oh gosh, I need saving from this place. I need saving from the devil because the devil's the ruler of this world. And if you're playing in his playground and you don't have Jesus, then you are, he's going to defeat you. He's your adversary and he will take you down. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. So that, that to me is kind of my calling, but I, and I don't know how, you know, I don't know how down you guys are for this, but it's funny because, so a lot of this came from the video I did about Lucifer and who Lucifer is. And of course I say, Lucifer is not the devil. And of course, that's very controversial because everybody who's been told their whole lives that Lucifer is the devil's old name. I'm just telling you what a guy who went to church my whole life, went to went to a Baptist uh, high school, went to a Baptist 
college, Liberty University, who, who by the way, is 11 and 0. Can you believe that Liberty University's football team is ranked in their 11 and 0? Just saying, just saying. So I know what the I know what people have taught taught me all my life about that Lucifer was the devil's old name. Lucifer was the choir master in in in, in heaven. What I'm trying to tell you now is when I started reading my Bible again, like like two or three years ago, like reading it with fresh eyes, with somebody who was willing to let it convict me, I was, I started to notice. There's a lot of things that people say that they say that are in the Bible that the Bible doesn't actually say. And that's basically what all I'm really trying to say to people is, is like, but the funny part about that whole topic, whether you agree with my interpretation or not, I'm telling you to read your Bible, you know, because I'm saying what they tell you is in there versus what it actually says. And I'm just trying to say, read it for yourself. Don't you don't have to agree with my interpretation, but read it for yourself. Do not just do not regurgitate that stuff like the, Lucifer was the devil's old name. <laughs> the Bible does not say that. The Bible does not say that Lucifer had anything to do with music. It says it actually talks about music in regards to the king of Babylon, probably because there was music in his in his, you know, in his in his castle or whatever, his his temple. But my sound is off. Oh gosh. Well, I'm just gonna go with it. But anyways. It also says in the in the KJV, it mentions Ezekiel 28, and it talks about timbers and pipes. But that's the only translation that talks about that. In the other translation, it talks about stones. But that's either that's neither here nor there. Am I is that sound good? Oh gosh, this is like this is frustrating. They're messing with me, man. But what I'm saying, what I what I really tried to say, and if if, if you guys if you guys are down, we can talk about this right now, where I said. I will read to you Isaiah 14. So Isaiah 14 is the chapter that where we get the idea of who Lucifer is. Okay? So so that's that's where we that's where we get Lucifer from. Isaiah 14. Okay, so what we the other main chapter that we talk about with regards to the devil is Ezekiel 28. And what I was trying to say is those beings described in both those chapters are not the same. And I want to read, I want to, do you guys want me to, do you want to read that together? And I'll read it to you and you tell me if they're the same. Like I said, so you guys can tell me, but I'll, I'll read that right now if you guys are interested. So we're going to go right over to Isaiah 14. Is this, is the sound okay? Okay. We're going to, we're going to do that if you guys are down. Well, if you're down, you can stay. <laughs> if you're not down, well then. I guess you're going to be leaving anyways. Okay, so this is this is Isaiah 14, and we're gonna and we're gonna go right down to the, the the part about Lucifer. But again, this is the this is the ESV, and once once again, this is the KJV is the only translation that gives Lucifer a name, because this whole this whole chapter is about the the king of Babylon. Okay, this is what it literally what it says. It says over here. Um, let me let me go over to. Um, Actually, I probably should say, I'm going to start, I'm going to start with verse three. And it says, when the Lord has given you rest from your pain and turmoil and hard service with which you were made to serve, you take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. Okay. So now remember too, some people were, I had people in the comments saying he's talking about Nebuchadnezzar. And I'm like, you got to remember that it's, it's possible he's prophesying about Nebuchadnezzar, but like Isaiah was like a couple hundred years before Nebuchadnezzar. Right. Do you know that? I mean, most people 
again, like apologetic stuff is kind of important. So it says, and so we're going to, we're just going to go right into it. And we're going to say how the oppressor has ceased the insolent fury. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of the rulers that struck the peoples in wrath with unceasing blows and ruled the nations in anger with unrelenting persecution. The whole earth is rest and quiet. They break forth into singing. The cypresses rejoice at you. The cedars of Lebanon saying, since you were laid low, no woodcutter comes out against us. Sheol beneath is stirred up to meet you when you come. It rouses shade to greet you. All who were leaders on the earth, it raises from their thrones. All who were kings of the nations, all of them will answer and say to you, you too have become weak as we are. You have, you have become like us. Your pomp has brought you down to Sheol. The sound of your harps, maggots are laid at your bed beneath you, and the worms are your covering. Okay, so like that's the setup. And now we're going to get into like basically where it's like where the, the, the tone shifts. And it's literally kind of talking about this, this Lucifer. Okay. Okay, so this is starting with this 14 starting with verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the dawn. Okay, so in that in the KJV, it would say Lucifer. It says, how you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. And, and, and Jillian Stone and I talked about this. I will ascend to heaven. Okay, so remember, do you remember like Lucifer supposedly is, is like the highest angel in heaven? So why is he going to ascend into heaven? And, he, and a lot of people say that he's going to ascend above the stars of God. I mean, ascend above God himself. But it actually says he's going to ascend above the stars of God. It never says he's going to ascend above God. It doesn't say that. Okay, and it says, I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. Those who will see you will stare at you and ponder you. Is this the man who shook the nations? And that's what I, I was emphasizing. Lucifer is called a man right there, okay? I, I could be wrong, but I don't know if there's another passage in the Bible that mentions the Satan being a man. Because obviously Lucifer is not called Satan in this, in this passage. He's not called the serpent. He's not called the dragon. But he is called a man. And it says, um, yeah, who made the world like a desert and over, overthrew its cities. Who did not come let his prisoners go home? All the kings of the nations are laid in glory, each in his tomb. So he's saying the other kings are laid in tombs, but he's got, this one's going down to the pit. And it says, um, but you are cast out away from your grave. So he's got a grave, right? Okay, so again, like the devil has a grave. I'm just, just saying. Like a loathed branch, clothed with the slain, those pierced by the sword, who go down to the stones of the pit like the dead body trampled underfoot. You will not be joined with them in burial because you have destroyed your land. You have slain your people. May the offspring of evildoers nevermore be named. Prepare for slaughter for his sons because of the guilt of their fathers, lest they rise and possess the earth and fill the face of, fill the, face of the world with cities. Okay, so, so that's Isaiah 14. Okay, so supposedly that's about the, that's about the devil. But again, like I said, you... You, it's not really, a div, there's really not many divine descriptions of that being, correct? Right? 
And so, so that's what I was trying to say. That Isaiah 14 does not describe the serpent. It does not describe the devil. It doesn't, it doesn't describe the dragon. It doesn't mention anything about Eden. It doesn't mention anything about that. It doesn't mention how beautiful he was. It doesn't mention anything like that. It doesn't mention any of the descriptions we get of who the devil used to be as the, as the most beautiful angel. Okay, so, but you know where you get that from. You get that from Ezekiel 28. And we're going to hop over to Ezekiel 28. And so now I'm going to say, like, with that picture in, in your mind of, like, what Lucifer was described as, I'm going to read Ezekiel 28. Now, you tell me this is, they're talking about the same, the same being. Because I don't think that they are. But, I mean, that's my, that's, again, this is my interpretation. You can have a different interpretation. But let's just read it. Okay, so we're going to go down to, I think we're going to skip a little bit down. We're going to say, We'll, we'll just go right to it. So it says, so this is Ezekiel 28. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, thus says the Lord God. Because your heart is proud. Wait, let's actually skip down to like, where is it? We're talking about the king of Tyre. Okay, so the, the lament of the king of Tyre. So the, at first they start talking about the prince of Tyre. And you could imagine who, who was the king at the time would probably be described as the prince of Tyre over the principality of Tyre. But now the lament of the king of Tyre starts in Ezekiel 28, starting with verse 11. Moreover, the Lord came to me, son of man, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord, you were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Sardas, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, and carbuncle. And crafted it in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were in the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire, you walked. You were, blame, you were blameless in the ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God. I destroyed you, O guardian cherub. From the midst of the stones of fire, your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you. By the multitude of their iniquities in the, in the unrighteousness of your trade, you profane your sanctuaries. I brought fire out from your midst and, consumed, and it consumed you. I turned you to ashes on the earth in the sight of all who saw you. And all who, who were among the peoples are appalled at you. And you are you have come a dreadful end and shall be for no more forever. Okay, so now you see like see the differences. Okay, so all right, I'll just give you guys obviously respond as you as you wish. Did that sound the same? I mean, did that sound the same to you as like Isaiah 14? Because like I said, the descriptions of this being are obviously those that's what you get from like what people talk about Lucifer. They say Lucifer was X, Y, and Z. But the, the problem is that Lucifer is not mentioned in Ezekiel 28. A guardian cherub is. The king of Tyre was mentioned. You know, so just at the very least, the king of Babylon is mentioned in Isaiah 14. The king of Tyre is basically what it sounds like the devil is. That's, I mean, I think that's, and I would agree that Ezekiel 28 is about the devil. Because for one, he's not called a man. He's called a guardian cherub. He's got, 
he's he's uh, he's like the most beautiful creation of God. That's what they that's what they explain that the devil was. He's got all these stones, and what it sounds like to me, this is my interpretation. He's he's described as having eight or nine precious stones on him. Think about like the high priest of God, you know, like just think about like Aaron when they're describing his his ephod, you know, basically puts his ephod in, he goes into the holies of holies to pray. It's got 12 stones and it's obviously represents the 12 tribes of Israel. Well, this guardian cherub has nine and it's almost like to me, I was wondering, is it possible that that the devil was not the choir master in heaven or the, the music leader? I think he was like a high priest, like because he's got an ephod on. He's got like all these precious stones on him. He's walking amongst the fiery stones where I'm almost thinking like in, in Isaiah it talks about the fiery stones were like, like remember the ones that touches Ezekiel's lips? It was from the altar. It was like, so he's walking around the altar of God, like literally walking on the altar of God. I think that's what it's about. All that being said, I mean, you guys obviously can take that for what you will. But I mean, the, my point was that if, if there's a connection between those two chapters, the authors don't make them. The Bible doesn't make them. There's not another place in the Bible where it references both of those and says, oh, yeah, we were talking about Satan here. Obviously, there's an inference in Ezekiel 28. This, this sounds like the devil because it was talking about the garden of God. He was beautiful. He was in, you know, like he was in Eden. Like that's we know the serpent was in Eden. We know that. OK, so like if the serpent was in Eden, this being was mentioned in being in Eden and then he was sinned and he was cast out. The serpent was cast out of Eden. Now, Isaiah 14 doesn't mention anything about that. That's all I'm saying. And moreover that, you guys, you guys can obviously, you know, have your own interpretation for, for what it says. And I'm not even going to get into who I think Lucifer is right now because it's, it takes too long to explain that whole case. But what I was trying, what I was more, moreover that I was trying to say and why I came on here to talk about this was that again, when somebody says you need to start talking about this, you need to talk about Jesus. Well, what's interesting is like, I make videos about all kinds of things, you know, and honestly, do I do them for the likes? Well, I do them obviously to try to, you know, I hope some of them go viral. Therefore I get more followers and I can talk to them about more things, right? I can, I can tell them about Jesus. That's ultimately what I, my goal is. And I think that's what God's given me this platform to do. But if I talked about like demonic cartoons, everyone's fine with that. But it is funny when you start talking about different parts of the Bible, I got, I get so much pushback from other Christians because either you're like, you're not doing it correctly. They don't like the way you're doing it. And it's like, sometimes I don't like doing it because it's like arguing doctrine with Christians, other Christians is boring to me after a while. It like, it gets, it's, it, it never ends. And it's just like, everybody thinks they know so much. That's not, not my goal. But the funny thing is, like, when people say you, you're focusing on the wrong things and you're like, okay, so this is one day. <laughs> this is like, this is one day or one week in my life or whatever. I make a video about this certain topic. It's literally, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's completely scriptural based, right? So as if we as Christians can't talk about what's in the Bible, like on like Instagram, like when can, where can we talk about this stuff? You know, it's almost like you're not talking about Jesus here. Okay, so this is my personal Instagram account talking about this kind of stuff, right? 
So like this is you did, it's not like you walked in your church building and the guys like doing a new nuanced argument about Lucifer and the devil. Even though that would be fine because guess what all all scripture is God breathed, right? It's all it can be all used for correction, teaching for the whole nine. Like you can do you can do all kinds of things with God's word. And if Jesus is God's word, he's the he's the word in the flesh, therefore we should be able to talk about all of it, right? If we we as Christians can't talk about what's in the Bible, like, like who's the police on that? Obviously, I reject that fully, 100%. I'm going to talk about what's in the Bible. And obviously, again, like, Brian and I did a movie called Ancient Angels. And so obviously, I have learned more and more about those ancient angels. And more, moreover, I've learned what the Bible says and I've learned what says what's said outside the Bible. And so, like, as somebody who believes the Bible, I compare what's what's in the Bible versus what people say. And sometimes that's going to be aimed at your church pastor who's just regurgitating crap that he's heard. That's not that he can't he can't back up with the with the word. That is that's my main point. And like I said, so if you if the one thing that I would be pleased with is if somebody disagrees with me. They can always check on me. They can check me versus what the what the word says. And if they bring an argument, I'm happy to I'm happy to like go back and forth with them in a very nice way. It is like this. I'm not trying to argue, but like obviously we can have discussions about this. And obviously these are things that are like, and these prophetic verses are like, again, like Paul talks about the prophetic seeing in a room dimly. Like you can barely you can kind of see, you can kind of see parts of the picture, but you can't see the whole thing. So let's not completely go like to war about this kind of stuff. Is this a salvation issue? I do not believe it's a salvation issue, whether you believe that Lucifer is the devil or not. All right. But I even hate that. I even hate that phrase. Is this a salvation issue? It's almost like, well, do you want to know what the Bible says or not? And if you don't want to know what the Bible says, well, maybe it is a salvation issue. Like you don't have to argue about, you don't have to get in the weeds about everything. You don't have to have like, you know, completely theological debates about everything. But if somebody's trying to explain something that's in the Bible and you're not interested in it all, just politely not don't watch, right? But like to argue about saying you should do X, Y, and Z is it, to me is, is insane. Division from the spirit of Antichrist. I'm not sure what you mean by that. But I'm saying like to me, and I'll and I'll just give you like a little cliff notes of what I believe Lucifer is. And so how I determined that Lucifer was not the devil. Okay, so real, real quickly. So one of my first big videos was about the Revelation 9-11. It was about the 9-11 memorial. And so I tied, Revelation 9-11 talks about the king of the bottomless pit, and he's Abaddon Apollyon. He's the destroyer. Okay, so now when you think about it, so this Lucifer was cast down to the pit. Okay, so, so we know this person's in the pit correct? And so in Revelation 9, the, 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 the chapter starts with that a star falls, an angel falls, and is given the keys to the bottomless pit, and he lets out Abaddon or Apollyon, the, the destroyer, okay? And so when I started to, to get the connections of like, okay, so Apollo and Lucifer sound very similar, correct? They're both like gods of light, light bringers, sun gods. And so when I when I started to look into that, I th I thought, okay, so Isaiah 14 is talking about Apollo. I thought 
But what's interesting is I don't believe Apollo is the devil. I think Apollo is the devil's son. Because again, if, the, if a star falls from heaven and he opens up the bottomless pit to let out his, this, this, this being Apollyon, well, I believe that that is, Satan is not letting Satan out. Well, I mean, technically he kind of is because they're both Satan. They're both versions of Satan because that just means adversary. But the dragon gets cast out of heaven by Michael and, and God's angels. And then he's given the keys. And so the dragon gives over authority to the beast that comes out of the pit. So if the dragon is opening up the pit, he's giving over his authority to this being. It's not him. It's somebody else. And that's who I believe Lucifer is. And I, I literally believe that like Lucifer was like possibly Nimrod. And Nimrod is the beast that's in the bottomless pit. Nimrod was a Nephilim. And that's why he's in the pit. He's like, that's where, that's where, that's where the worst ones went. So he went down into the pit. He's like this three quarters God, two thirds God, whatever you want to say it. He goes down into the bottomless pit. And then his father, the devil, lets him out. And he's literally like the, the, the Antichrist spirit incarnate. And eventually, I guess he possesses a man. And there's your, um, there's your beast. There's your Antichrist. But obviously, Satan's not letting himself out. He's letting someone else out. So yeah, how much does that matter? I don't know, but I find it interesting. And I think if I think as people who are interested in ancient angels, people are interested in Genesis 6, uh, people are interested in end times prophecy, I think that it's interesting. And of course, like, how do I know you guys are interested in it? <laughs> I don't. But again, like, I feel led to make videos about certain things. And you guys will tell me if you like them or not. You know, but I mean, at the same time, I don't always base what I'm going to post based on what I, what I think people are going to like, right? That's that's just my thought on it. But yeah, so um, so that was basically the gist of it, which is like that I had so many people kind of pushing back on saying like, you should be this, you should be that. And it's like, that I feel like that God has given me a certain kind of voice. And again, like you, like, again, you won't find this kind of stuff in the church, right? You know, why, why don't they talk about this kind of stuff in the church? I don't know. I really, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think the reason they don't is because most of these guys went to seminary and they teach them this, all this other stuff. They tell them what's important. And if, if that's how they're taught, well, it's difficult, it's difficult to them to unlearn some of the programming they've learned by other people. I mean, what I really want to know is where is, in the in the bible says you got to go to bible school where you got to go to seminary doesn't doesn't talk about that does it what verses uh you just read well i was saying i read um i basically read almost all of isaiah 14 starting with verse 3 and then i read uh ezekiel 28 starting with verse 11 and so like one of them's about the king of babylon and one of them's about the king of tyre and i was basically saying like they're not the same <laughs> That's all I'm saying. One is describing a man and one is describing a cherub. Ezekiel 28 is about the devil. Ezekiel, uh, Isaiah 14 is talking about a tyrant and a king. He's talking about a bad man, a very bad man, possibly a Nephilim is my belief. But um, but yeah, and okay, so 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 switching gears quickly, but 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 along the same kind of lines, I posted a video today, this morning, and it was 
oh gosh, my man, my live, yeah, my live is, is well. The good news is for people who who want to hear this, I told people I have not been putting my lives back on Instagram, but I but I have been making podcasts out of them basically. So like, so if you guys want to hear this, probably in a with better sound, better video, I'm gonna post this to my YouTube channel. I'm sure sometime this week. Good. So yeah, you guys will get we get a clean version of this, regardless of like the feeds messed up. But what I was saying is, so I posted this video from this creator called um, I I think it's called Reed Choi, or Choi Reed I think yeah Choi. I, I've never seen any stuff I am, which it seems amazing because he's got about five million followers on TikTok. He's got about one million on Instagram. I didn't realize that, but he does a he did a video where he's 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 doing a skit with himself. And he's playing the devil and he's playing a guy selling his soul. And he's basically saying what, what we appear to like, what we would have perceived selling your soul is the devil with contract saying, I'll give you anything, anything you want. You sign this and I'm going to get your soul. And then he was saying like, this is what it's, this is what it's more about is that, that like the devil has basically tricked people into selling their souls for things that they don't even realize they've made a, made a deal with him over. Now, I think that it's, it, it's possibly a little bit um, maybe salacious that he, he posed that as selling your soul. But I've got, you know, most people are overwhelmingly positive on like that, that topic. But like I had some people pushing back saying, uh, obviously, uh, this is not biblical because he's basically saying you got to be sinless. He's saying that like you can't sell your soul. He's saying that, um, you know, all, all kinds of stuff about that. And, or like, yeah, you're just trying to scare people. And I'm like, if you watch that video, I'll be honest, like it does even, it scared me a little bit because it's like, because there's parts of the Bible and this, and this is like, here's the thing that most people probably didn't like it, didn't understand. The guy was quoting scriptures. He obviously didn't give the references to them, but he was actually quoting the scriptures. I think most of them came from like first John. Is where the, like the the basic of the, of the of his the devil giving this argument against this guy who thinks he's saved. He was quoting from First John, and so so what John says is like I was I quoted this and I should look this up just so you guys know for sure what it says. But yeah, so this guy was basically saying like that. You think you're saved, but like, but why aren't you like basically why are you continuing to sin? You know, so like what John what John says is. Anyone says they don't sin is a liar and the truth's not in him, right? So if you say you don't sin, you're a liar. And that means you're not, <laughs> if you say you don't, don't sin, you're literally not like a Christian is what he's saying. But, but, but he makes a distinction. I think this is what people need to really wrap their minds around is the fact that there's a difference between us sinning because we will mess up. We obviously will mess up. But accepting that you're a sinner and it being okay with that, that's not okay. It's like I said, it's, it, you know what I'm saying? Like we are striving to be better. And we're also like, we also ha have the Holy Spirit to change us. So I think that's kind of like the real, that's a real important part about this, that what he's trying to say is that there's got to be a change in you. Like that's part of becoming a Christian. It's not, it's like I said, these are not magic words. It's this, it's not just altar calls and just repeating after me. And now you're saved, marking your Bible this date when you be became a Christian. That's not biblical again. Again, that's that's stuff you hear in church. That's not biblical. Okay, let's let's go into where he says it. Um, so, so he says, um, 
Okay, says. Uh, okay, so this is this is First John, uh, three, starting with verse seven. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So, like, that's what he's saying. He's like, that if you're still sinning, you're not of God. You're of the devil. Now, obviously, what does it mean that still sinning? Again, so as I'm saying, like, that there's a difference between, like, us having having slip-ups. We can have slip-ups. But, like, living in sin, like, practicing sin is of the devil. Like, so you, like... Nobody who like who who was a sinner before, and you keep doing all the same sins after you were saved. Obviously, there's things we're we're working on, and I don't think that anybody believes that you are a finished product the moment you accept Jesus in your heart. There's a sanctification process, but obviously, those who are like convicted of sins, you know, like we, like that's the point. The the convict that's your faith leading you into righteousness that, oh man, I feel bad about that. Like, I, I I can't do that anymore. I can't sleep well. I don't feel well going to the Lord with that because I feel like I need to get cleansed of this. And obviously, when you when you put sin in your life, you, there's a separation between your God and yourself at that point. And so I think that that's what, it, that's what it's really about is the fact that I think more than anything, and, and so it, he, he also quotes, he also, in, in what he's talking about, he's quoting, quoting Paul when he's basically saying like, Whoever you obey, that's who you are slave to. So that's why when he calls the calls his other self slave, hello slave, because that guy's a slave to sin. Because if you obey the sin, the flesh, then you are a slave to that, or you're a slave and you obey God. Obviously, we'd rather be a slave to God than sin. So obviously, whoever you obey is your master. So that again, that was biblical, and then so he was. So I think with, with the if you guys watch the video again, and I would encourage you, I've watched it a few times because I, I think it's so good, that the devil character is talking to a guy who obviously likes to drink, likes to party. Because he mentions specifically the guy likes to smoke. He goes to the drink. You know, he goes to the smoke and the drink in order to get comfort instead of going to God with his problems. Like this is this is where he goes instead of the Lord thy God. So... And eventually, because he keeps on repeating over, like, being sober. And he tells him, like, that to drink too much wine is debauchery. And, like, people who engage in debauchery do not go to heaven. So sexual immorality and debauchery. And he mentions drunkenness more and more times. And he keeps, he keeps talking about being sober-minded. Like, it's very clear what he's saying. There are certain sins that are mentioned in the Bible. Obviously, drunkenness being one of them. Like drunkards do not inherit the kingdom of God. It straight up says that in the Bible. Like I said, so like so everything he's saying is correct. Now, obviously, you got to understand it. This is from a the devil saying this to this guy. Well, interestingly enough, Satan is the accuser. He's the accuser of the brethren. So this is exactly like I mean, how I would perceive this is how the devil would be saying to God. He'd be like, he's accusing you based on what God says. Like that's like that's why like when like when Jesus is being tempted by the devil by Satan in the wilderness 
the devil is quoting scriptures at him, just like this guy was quoting scriptures at this guy. And that guy didn't know the scriptures and he couldn't make a, he couldn't make a, uh, like a, like a defense based on what God's word says. And of course, what he obviously ends with, he basically says like that faith without works is dead. And he's saying like that, if you don't show, if you don't show that you've changed, you can't show based on what you believe in your, your faith. Like, like what James says, James says, you know, you show your part, you show your faith apart from your works. And I'll show you my faith by my works. Like what you believe in what you do is important because if you believe you will act a certain way, you obviously try not to sin. So again, it's like people don't understand like, oh, well, you, you're, you're preaching uh, like salvation through works. No, we're not. But we're saying like that if you don't have any works, what is the proof of your faith? I mean, like literally it talks about the fruits, the fruits in your life. So the fruits of the spirit, obviously, are, are faith, faithfulness, goodness, um, is it hopefulness, loving, peace, joy, wisdom, you know, all like all the good things. And it's like, so if you don't have those, those fruits in your life, again, like Jesus said, we'll know you by your fruits. Okay, so like this person is, he's, so he's talking to this guy who's claiming to be a Christian, who gets drunk, obviously gets high, sounds like he was sexually immoral. He doesn't have any fruit in his life. He doesn't know the scriptures because the, the devil's quoting him at him and he doesn't know. Him. And he's saying like that if I got, he said, if I told you I got hit by a train, like if I just like, like, just like he said, if I told you I got hit by a train today and you were like, okay, where, where, where's the markings? Like, where's the evidence? And I said, just trust me. And he says, I'm not inclined to believe you if there's no bodily change in you, if you said this happened to you. And he said, and God's not either, right? So God is not either. And it's like, that's biblical, guys. I mean, like, just think about it. I think out of all the verses in the whole Bible, you know what the scariest one is? When Jesus talks, talks about many are going to come to me that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name? And he's going to say, depart, depart from me, for I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Like, that is... I mean, like I said, that's, that is the scariest verse in the whole Bible. Because these people claim that Jesus was their Savior and their Lord. But again, he also says, why do you say Lord, Lord, and then not do what I say? I mean, like, I mean, I say, like, what I'm trying to say is that I didn't post that because I am so good. And I'm like, oh, well, I hope, I hope this scares the crap. But I posted that because I thought it convicted me. It, it convicted me when I, when I listened to that. And if it doesn't convict you, well, then I think there's a problem. Like I said, if, if, if your reaction to being, being convicted is to lash out and say, oh, well, that's a, that's a fear-based doctrine. You know, when Jesus healed people and he says, now go sin no more. Brian just did a video about this. So obviously, remember when he, like, the, he, let, he was at sin cast the first stone. He, he saves the adulterer from being stoned. Now he says, now let's go and sin no more. Okay, so when Jesus is saying go and sin no more, it's like, what does he mean by that? Well, it means what he says. So, I mean, like, does that mean she can never sin again? I mean, it, it means that that's the goal. <laughs> I mean, like, it means that that's our goal. We should, we should never be sat satisfied with sinning because 
hey, everybody does it. Because the Bible really doesn't talk about it like that. It, it doesn't. I mean, so, like I'm saying, when you read what it says, and when, you, when, when he's quoting the verses that he's quoting, even like I said, he didn't give the references, but I, but guys, I'm like, this is not bragging, but I knew what he was talking about because I've read what he's talking about. Like, like read first John. And I'm telling you, like every time you read first John, if you don't get convicted when you're reading it, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like, that's kind of your evidence of the Holy spirit is like, if you read that and you feel like, Oh, I've got everything under control. It's like, I don't know. Do you, you know, just think about like when, there's Jesus gives the parable about the lawyer going in saying, oh, at least I'm not as bad as the, the tax collector over there. And the tax collector is just begging for mercy and just saying how horrible he is. Obviously, the tax collector is forgiven. The lawyer was not. So, I mean, like we have to we have to be our own, own basically our own worst critics as far as trying to trying to like, you know. You're supposed to be working out your fear with faith, you know, like with with fear and trembling. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So like when you don't think you might be doing enough, I think you're in a better place than somebody who is so sure they're fine. Right. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, I, I thought that was that it was, was everything he said in there perfectly done, you know, as far as like biblically, I, I think that again, he might've been a little salacious with like the, the part about that being selling your soul, but, but he's right. The devil is the ruler of this world. He's trying to make us all slaves to sin. And if we're slaves to sin, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not children of God. He's, he was right. So like I said, I mean, so if, if, if people see that and they're convicted of that, and there was another person talking about like that, what he was, he was, she was trying to say that, um, um, lost my train of thought. Um, what was I going to say? I completely just had a, um, a a brain fart there. Well, he was just trying to say that this is this is a fear based doctrine, and and a guy on here was trying to say that if you're if you're trying to to uh, to reach the loss with that message, it's not going to be good, right? But at the same time, it's like I think that that message was specifically to the audience was the lukewarm Christian. I mean, it, it's literally the people who claim to be Christians. So it's like sometimes the like my message to people who claim to be believers is going to be different than me, my message to people who are not believers. Again, like when you're speaking to the church, like you need actually to be speaking in a different way. That's why I would say, I made another video about this, about the, the church is not seeker friendly. It's not supposed to be because the, the church is supposed to be the believers, right? It doesn't mean you can't have people or non-believers come in your church. I mean, if, if they want to come, you should obviously let them come in. But the message is not necessarily for them because it's like the, the it's a gathering together to believers. So like the point is, you don't it's not up to us to water down the message for people who don't believe. Right. It's like what God says is more important than what you think is the best way to reach people. Again, like it's the father that's drawing people to Jesus. And what and, and it's my belief as well that. What he was also what the main point of what he was saying in that video was this guy had not changed, right? He had, he had not changed. Okay, so like, so somebody who's, who's, who's preaching that, that watered down, lukewarm garbage is trying to say that, oh, don't worry, you can, get, you can get saved and you can still be a sinner. Why do they need to get saved if they're going to be the same? 
the whole point is, do you believe in change? Do you believe in the death of yourself? And do you believe in the resurrection of the spirit? Like, if you don't believe that you can change, then why do you, why, why does this person want what you have? I mean, if you believe in the power of God, you can believe that these people can be delivered from whatever they're going, what's got, what they got going on in their life. And it doesn't mean they're going to be perfect, but what kind of, what are you preaching to them that they need to be changed when, when literally you haven't changed? I mean, like I said, to me, that says a lot more about the people who are upset about that message than the people that, you know, that, you know, like are trying to, they're, they're, they're so worried about any other people. They are upset that they have not changed or they're trying to justify what's like, why it's okay. They haven't. I'm going to say right now, it's if you, if you claimed Christ and you have not changed, then what, what evidence are you saved? Because you say you are again, many are going to come to him on that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do these things in your name? And he's going to say, I never knew you. What I'm saying is that, do not accept not changing. It doesn't mean all, you know, to like just try harder, but it really does mean like pray to God and ask for, ask for that change. Believe in that change. I mean, I, and obviously I can say this with full confidence that when I, I was the lukewarm Christian forever, like I said, I was somebody who grew up in the church. So it's kind of like, I was never that bad. At least that's what I thought. I was never that bad. So I wasn't like ever like, strung out on drugs and you know just a complete mess i kind of did everything normal but i was but i i was always very uncomfortable when i saw people come to church and they gave their testimonies and they claimed i was this and then god god changed my life completely and i knew those people were genuine and i knew that i didn't have what they had and that scared me well, one, like I said, but one day, obviously, God did change me. And so now I can look back and I can say, I know what they meant. I, I, I now know it. But at the same time, like, I don't look and like, okay, so now I'm good. I, I still feel like I have to walk in faith. And I still like, obviously, I watch videos like that. And I said, when I read my Bible, there's times where I'm convicted because I'm not perfect. I know, I, like, I, I try to be my, I want to be my wor own worst critic. You know, I don't want everybody, you know, like, obviously, nobody wants everybody in the comments saying you're this, you're that all the time. But I mean, like, I want to be able to be my own worst critic in order to work out my faith with fear and trembling, because I would rather try to fix things like that are wrong with me now than find out later. Oh, well, you know what? I probably should have been a little more righteous on earth. That's what I'm saying. That's good, man. Praise God. I mean, that's a, and that's and that's the thing. It's like that. That what we're talking about is like that some people have like the lightning bolt change, like just a completely different person one day. A lot of us have a have a have a big shift. And then we're like I said, there's a sanctification process, which which should not end. Again, like if you ever think you've arrived, well then you haven't. <laughs> like then you're then you're way further off than you believe because nobody ever really arrives. Because again, as soon as you, the, the closer you get to Jesus, remember, so if Jesus is the light, right? He's, he's the light. So the closer you get to him, the more, you, more darkness is exposed in you that you realize, oh, wow, I actually have lots more things I need to work on. Like, 
things things I didn't really realize at first because obviously everyone takes the the, the big things. And again, so like we're 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 going to be judged based on our hearts. Again, so like obviously the 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 works of the flesh and the things we do outwardly are very obvious. So that's why when the guy points to the drunkenness argument, the Bible is very clear about drunkenness. So like, so if this guy was a drunkard claiming Jesus, it's like, well, the Bible says don't get drunk or, you, or you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Drunkards do not inherit the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean if you got drunk one time, you're not, you're going to hell. That's not what it says. But obviously when you drink too much and you're, you get drunk all the time and you're not convicted about it, well, you should be convicted about it. That's what it's saying. Like that, I mean, like you can, if you're not convicted about it and you don't try to change that behavior, ask for deliverance from that behavior. Well, again, like you're going to have to go to God with that one day. Are you comfortable with that? I mean, I would, I wouldn't be because I know what the Bible says. Like, I mean, and, and everybody should know what it says. That's all I'm saying, guys. I mean, I really do. I do really think that that's like the main point I'm trying to make is that that anybody who tells you this is the easy way, they're lying to you. It's it's not. Like, remember, Jesus says that the, the, the road is narrow, the gate is narrow, few enter, few find it. Like this is the this is the tough road. Because the because the world is going this way and they're telling if the, the easy believism way is the broad road. It just it, like you just know it is. Obviously, Jesus railed against the, the religious types of the day. So if the whole church is saying, don't worry, it's real easy. Don't even worry about it. Just repeat after me. You repeat after me and it's all good. No, you got, you got, to, seek, you got to seek God daily. You have to deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Okay, so that sounds like every day. Yeah, that's every day. <laughs> it's, some days it's hard, you know, but obviously that's what God's there for. That's why God gives you grace is because he wants you to make it. God is your biggest cheerleader. He wants you to make it. You know, I, I, I think the best example is in this, when you think like God, our father, Abba, father. So like, think about it as a father or a, or a mother and a child. And it's like, you, you're trying to get them to a good place. You need to teach them the right way. You're going to give them all the chances in the world to get it. But obviously, you don't let them, you can't let them just re reject, you can't reject their correction. Like, if you, re if you continue to reject your a parent's correction when they become, when you become an adult, eventually they're going to stop giving you advice. They're not going to try to, try to get, make you feel guilty anymore. You know? I mean, so like, but, but God, God's intentions are good. So it's like, he wants you to get, he wants you to get it. You know, so, but if you reject them, obviously you reject them. Don't reject them. I, obviously, it's it's kind of like the um, the one. I think it's in Hebrews. I believe it's Hebrews when he's saying that, just like the Israelites. See, when he's saying like, if you hear that voice calling you today, don't do not harden your heart. Like the Israelites hardened their hearts and they didn't listen to God. That's the whole point. Is like when you when you feel that when you feel that pull, when you feel that conviction, don't harden your heart. Do not go looking for somebody who's going to tell you. Don't worry, it's easy. It's, it's, it'll be fine. You're, you're fine. You're saved. Remember when you repeated those words? Don't ever let anyone tell you that. Because like I said, this is, there's nothing more important than what we're talking about today. And again, as somebody was talking early on the thing was like, we, I don't talk about Jesus enough. And I said, I obviously I will say like, 
that if you guys are feeling convicted, this is the time. Today is the day of salvation. And don't and don't believe those people who say you can't change. You can change. God has changed me. I'm sure God has changed a lot of people in this chat. He can change you today. So do not to never believe those people. Again, so they're they're preach they're preaching easy beliefism, but you know what they're also doing? They've got a formal, they got a form of godliness, but they're denying the power of God. God can change anybody. Obviously, he, he changed Paul. Paul was the worst of the worst. And he's an example that anybody can be changed. So, like, again, everybody can be changed. God created everything. His, he, he, he sent his son to die for us, and then he raised him up on the third day, and now he's coming back for us one day. God can obviously change what's wrong in your life, right? And if you don't believe he can, then obviously it's like you don't believe. So I'll just say this, and I said I, I don't do like altar calls for one. I don't I don't believe in repeating after me. There's no altar here, but I really do believe that that the message from God is that that if you if you ask, you'll be answered. If you seek, you will find. If you will knock, the door will be open to you. So like, so I think that there's obviously lots of people in here that would love to talk to you afterwards. But like, all you really need to do there's no there's nothing you have to do other than ask God to to change you. You want to be different. You want what you want. He what he's offering, and then there's a process of seeking and finding, and God drawing you closer to Jesus. And that's what I'm trying to say. That if and if and if you do if you do want help, DM me. I will respond. Obviously, anybody who has any kind of questions about that kind of stuff, the the process. I mean, I think this is the part of like not just giving an altar call, but it's like discipleship. So if you guys have questions about the things I was talking about tonight. You guys want references to, to verses because I did kind of go a little fast with some of this stuff. You know, don't hesitate. I, I do check my email. I, I get the spam folder and I look in that occasionally. So you guys definitely uh, check on that. But yeah, so that's that's basically it, guys. Um, well, a couple a couple of things to plug on the way out. Thank you, thank you. I did a I did a podcast with um, Jay Slay, Jeremy Slayton uh, on Rumble. I posted it in my story. You guys should check it out. We talked about ancient angels. We talked about we talked about the the Palestinian Israel conflict. We talked about the lesser keys of Solomon, how the pyramids were built. We talked about all kinds of crazy stuff. Very very natural conversation. I think I'm I'm going to start going on his show more regularly because it's just it's fun to talk to him. It's like it's really good. Um, other than that, yeah, guys, just check out the podcast. Like I said, I'm going to put this. I'm going to put this verse. I mean, this verse. I'm going to put this uh this whatever this this conversation back on youtube so if you guys follow me on youtube or if you don't i'll put this on youtube and eventually it'll be on spotify and i'll be on rumble probably on all the kind of podcast apps so like i won't put this back on my page because it sounds apparently the 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 quality of the the stream was not so good the good news is i have an alternate stream it's going to be good so yes, so if you guys missed the stuff I was talking about earlier, I was talking about, uh, I talked about Sedona a little bit. I talked about, um, yes, thank you for all the, the, the warm wishes of, of the marriage. That was awesome. Uh, appreciate that. So I talked about Lucifer versus the devil, like who is he actually is. We, re we actually literally read from Isaiah 14 and uh, Ezekiel 28. So if you guys want to check that out. And then, of course, I started talking about why I do what I do. And basically faith without works is dead 
you know, faith without, without a change is not really faith of it, anything. And, um, yeah, you guys should check this one out. We talked a lot about Jesus for the people who say I don't do it enough. Um, <laughs> hopefully you guys enjoyed it, but, um, yeah, guys, if you guys, like I said, once again, if you guys made any decisions today and you need any help with that, do not hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, I'll be more than happy to talk with you. Anyways, guys, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Talk to you soon.